Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Hi, I'm Charlotte. And I'm Helly, and welcome to Growth in Progress, the podcast where we have open and honest conversations about things that aren't usually discussed, but that can help us all to grow. In each episode, we spend some time catching up, sharing something we've loved recently, and then go on to discuss a topic that we think is really relevant right now. They're big topics and the sorts of things that maybe a lot of people might be thinking about, but aren't necessarily having the conversations about. So we want to open up that conversation. If you enjoy this episode, don't forget to hit subscribe on whichever platform you are listening on. So my love, how are you doing? I'm good. I feel like we both have lots of exciting stuff to catch up on this week. I know. I feel like we've actually like lived lives and done some cool stuff. You go first. Tell me about um, your parents being in Croatia and all of that lovely stuff. Yeah, my parents came to visit, which is really nice. I haven't seen them since we left the UK in February, um, which has flown by, by the way. I don't know how mm. that's possible. Um, but it's been so nice to see them and kind of show them around our new city and take them to all of our favourite places and we've done boat trips and road trips and hiking and had lots of food and drink and yeah it's just been really nice to spend time with them and they're in the apartment above us as well in the same Airbnb building which is is really nice because they have a massive balcony up there so um I've actually been able to sit on the balcony and enjoy the sunshine and have a drink in the evenings which has been really nice that sounds absolutely dreamy and I feel like you've got amazing weather for it as well and I always mm. think it's nice to show someone around where you are. Like, it's so exciting. Yeah, it was the same when they came to Melbourne, like showing them where you're you're living and where your life is now. Yeah, it's been really nice. But um, tell me about the south of France, please. Oh, it was amazing. And I didn't want to come home. And I get why everyone loves the south of France. Like, you know, sometimes when people really love somewhere and go on about it, you're like, is this going to be a bit not overhyped, but like, how could it possibly live up to the expectation? Mm. But it fully exceeded all my expectations. So we went to Cannes for a weekend, not for the film festival, um, just because we wanted to go to Cannes. And we had a full day in Cannes where we like did all the bougie, bougie things and just absolutely lived our best life. Like we spent a afternoon at the Carlton Beach Club, which was just wonderful. Like I would so recommend doing it. Um like incredible service felt really like I don't know how to put almost like safe on the beach in your swimwear knowing that there were like people like at one point these guys sent us drinks and like it made us feel really uncomfortable the way the wait staff dealt with it was brilliant and like we felt so like and obviously that's what you're paying for in part but like it was just really lovely yeah I went to Monte Carlo for dinner um so you know technically went to two countries on my holiday Um, we're basically interrailed um (laughs) then yeah we just spent the day in Nice on Sunday and it was just absolutely lovely like exactly what I needed and I'm now in love with the south of France it looked 
gorgeous. I've never been, always wanted to go, but it looked beautiful. You've convinced me that I need to need to have a visit. I don't think I've ever felt that relaxed somewhere. Like I find generally France quite a relaxing place to be. Like I love Paris. I know a lot of people find Paris quite overwhelming as a city, but I find it a very relaxing city. But like the south of France is like the relaxing version of that. It was just lovely. And we kind of have gone in a shoulder season as well. Um, so things were open and there was like a bit of busyness, but it wasn't crazy, crazy. Like nice was really busy, yeah. um, but Cannes was still like a quiet town and really like lovely to wander around and all that sort of thing. Um, you would absolutely adore the South of France. And I now want to like road trip around it or even to be fair, you could just get the train around it because there are so many beautiful towns and all that sort of thing. So, yeah. Oh, amazing. This thing, I feel like I need to give France more of a chance because I don't love Paris. I'm really not a fan. And I know that's like blasphemy because everyone loves Paris. <laughs> You're I think it's just, it's just made me like, I don't know. I guess I've then done the really unfair thing and just decided that I don't like France. And obviously I've not even seen the only other place I've been to is Colmar, which I loved. So I don't know why I'm, <laughs> I need to spend more time there basically is what I'm saying. I need a French road trip. But I was the same, like I'd never really been to France as a kid. I went to Paris on a school trip and hated it. I was so homesick and so anxious. And I kind of was like, no, I hate France. Mm. And I went back to Paris as an adult and I was like, oh my God, no, like I love it. Um, So now I just want to spend all my time in France really. And the food is brilliant. It's just wonderful. (laughs) I would go for the food, the cheese, the wine. Oh. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. But do you want to share your recommendation this week? Yes. So my recommendation this week is kind of a little bit tied into what our topic is this week. Um, So my recommendation is Optimal Daily Living podcast with Justin Malik. And I discovered this about a month ago now, and I am obsessed. I love it so, so much. It's really short episodes. They're all kind of less than 10 minutes long. And he summarizes kind of the best content out there on personal development and self-help. So a variety of topics. Um, So he's taking it mostly from books, but I think he does also take it from like talks or essays or papers, um, all with author permission as well, just important caveat. But um, I listened to there's so many episodes. This was episode 2,318 on action versus wow. intention. Um, and which felt really fitting for today's topic because he was talking about how you judge yourself versus how you judge others and how that links to action versus intention. So it was saying you judge yourself based on your intentions because you know what your intentions are, but you judge others based on their actions, which is obviously an external thing. It's only what you see, but you don't know what their internal intentions are. So you don't know the context and context is everything. And as soon as you become aware of this kind of subconscious setting of the bar in your own brain, then you can start to question yourself more and why you're making those judgments and in turn becoming more tolerant and like patient and humble because you're giving people the benefit of the doubt, which makes you a better person, a more tolerant person. And if you can recognize that you're judging someone without the whole context, it, it kind of allows yourself to ask you, yourself those questions of why you're making those judgments. And then he also made the important point that others don't have the context for your own behavior either. Yeah. So 
like it's important that you can give others context to what you do but also recognizing that you don't have the full context from what other people choose to do either and I just thought for a 10 minute episode it was packed full of just really interesting thoughts and information and they're such short episodes I really recommend just scrolling through and seeing which ones take your fancy there's like productivity tips confidence tips from life coaches overcoming self-sabotage minimal lifestyle tips so much in there that sounds right up my street and I love that it's like I love there are so many episodes but I love as well that um they're such short episodes because you can it's much more digestible isn't it like I think sometimes Mm. with those sorts of topics having really long episodes almost that you feel like you have to sit and make notes to remember it all yeah yeah absolutely and that's why I like this so much because it, it really stuck with me and I made these notes after the episode because it was so concise but it mm. really impactful short but impactful um, I'm gonna definitely give those a listen because that sounds exactly like what I need right now like that's actually a really lovely thing to do in the morning like I've had that thing, you know, when you come back from a holiday, you're like, I'm going to reset my life and have a morning routine and all that <laughs> kind of like slightly pretentious stuff. But that's actually a really lovely way to start your day if you just sat down and had like a tea or a coffee and listened to that. Yeah, I've been listening to it in the morning or when I'm at the gym, just like when I'm doing a warm up on the stepper or whatever, stick it on 10 minutes, have a listen. And yeah, it's really oh, that's a nice idea. Really good. Um, what's your recommendation? So mine is a podcast and it's one that I used to listen to years ago. So it's possible I recommended this back in the very, very early days of the podcast, but I really can't remember. Um, But when I was at the airport on Friday, I decided just to download a ton of episodes because I find it really comforting when I'm flying. Sometimes I get a bit nervous when I fly. I think we've both discussed this before. Um, Mm. But there's a few podcasts I like to download to listen to because I just find them really comforting and a great distraction. And one of them is Table Manners with Jesse and Lenny Ware. And I mm. was like, oh, I actually haven't listened to this for quite a while. I scrolled through and downloaded a couple of episodes. Um, I downloaded the one with the Whitehalls. I love Jack Whitehall. I love Travis, my father, um, which was predictably hilarious. I also mm-hmm. downloaded an episode with Stanley Tucci, which I haven't listened to yet, but obviously will. And I can already tell you it'll be amazing. Um, but I also downloaded a, like their bonus episode they did in collaboration with PayPal and Candice Brathwaite. Um, and like, regular listeners will know that like I'm a really big fan of Candice's work, but this podcast in particular was just so brilliant because the whole premise is that she's talking about money and she wants people to have more open conversations about money, to empower people to be more financially savvy, essentially, and be able to build security for themselves. Um, and she talks about a lot of really interesting things like why her like her perception of how wealth should be is I guess quite unusual in a lot of ways like she the way she grew up and like what she saw in her childhood has like really impacted her views today um she also speaks about her recent marriage so her and her partner were together for 10 years before they got married and she talks about why that was and how and the best line I think is marriage isn't romance and young girls aren't taught that and I was like wow okay yeah like the whole like everything she says I'm sitting there like oh my god this is brilliant um but because it's table manners even though they're having really like deep conversations there's still that really lovely 
kind of comforting vibe of they're talking about food, they're talking about their favorite meals, they're talking about like the meals from their childhood or their, you know, the things that mean a lot to them. And it's a really interesting listen. It's a really interesting way to set up an interview, I think. Um, and essentially they go over to Lenny and Jesse Wears and they all have dinner together and Jesse and Lenny cook and all that sort of thing. Um, so this is a really comforting show, but that episode in particular, Candice Brathwaite, was really um, perception changing for me. I love that. That's one of those podcasts that I have actually completely forgotten about. And I I think I listened to it when you've mentioned it before, but it was literally like years ago. I can't mm. remember the last time I listened, but that sounds so interesting. And I love that they have that setting over the food as well. You're right. It is a really comforting and I guess it feels more casual and more informal. Yeah. And then I guess you end up with these really great deep conversations. I'm going to have to yeah. give that a listen. And also the Stanley Tucci one, I'm definitely going to have to listen to as well. Exactly. That's going to be one I listen to like in the next couple of days. But they have a really brilliant interview style because when they're, they're great at being like, I don't know what that means. Like she was talking a lot in terms of um, money and like POC. And then he was like, I'm really sorry, this sounds so ignorant, but what is POC? And Kev's like, no, you're fine to ask it's people of colour. And she was explaining why there's differences within those communities versus like white communities and how they view money and all those sorts of things. Um, mm. And it's just really nice to have interviewers who are very willing to be like, oh, I don't know what that is. Sorry. I think it's just a nice way to learn. Yeah. It removes that kind of, I don't know, pressure that you need to know everything or. Yeah. There's no assumption. Yeah. Of it all. I was going to say, yeah, like the pretense of it or yeah it just feels more relatable doesn't it for listeners yeah. because chances are there's a lot of listeners that also might not know what some things mean mm-hmm. oh I love that I'm gonna to have to give it a listen yeah do you absolutely love it so this week we wanted to have a chat about overcoming your own bias because we all have some form of unconscious bias where our kind of our background or experiences or whatever stereotypes or context we have can impact our decisions and how we behave without us even realizing and it's almost impossible to kind of talk about this in a general way because everyone has their own conscious or unconscious biases and obviously overcoming those are really is really important but the biggest part of that I think is recognizing what your biases are and learning to challenge them so you can kind of catch those thoughts and I guess that links to what I was saying before in the recommendation but in doing that you can then become a more tolerant person yeah I feel like it's quite um confronting and uncomfortable to identify what your own biases are but actually when you know what they are you can tackle them Mm. and tackling them is often far easier than you might first think because as soon as you're aware of it you kind of notice it everywhere it's like um Oh my gosh what's it called it's not like a self-fulfilling prophecy but like you know when you when you're made aware of something you notice it a lot yeah um, I can't think what it's called but you know what I mean um yeah. but it's that sort of thing like when you notice that you have a bit of an unconscious bias about something or just generally you know that you have your own biases you can then get into the habit of saying oh hold on do I think that or is that actually an unconscious bias and sometimes you'll be like no 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 it, it is a bit of a bias other times you'll be like no no I do think that and that's why and it kind of just makes you reflect on your thoughts a bit more yeah I think a really important part of that process is like knowing 
what your core values are because Mm. I mean how can you everyone's entitled to what they think and free speech and all of that but it doesn't mean that your biases and your judgments are you don't have a a right to project those problems and insecurities that have come from you they are your judgments and they are your biases and it probably is rooted in something that you need to work through you don't have a right to project those onto other people and I think if you can understand what your core values are like don't when I think about that I want to be someone who is tolerant I want to be someone who is respectful of others part of that process is me having those uncomfortable processes and Mm -hmm. times when I can really sit with okay is that thought that I just had is that a bias is that something is that a judgment that I have made unfairly and what can I do to challenge it? And I think once you know what your values are and what's important to you, then it becomes more of a natural process to start questioning the biases you have. Yes, I really agree. And I don't think it's a bad thing when you realise you have biases. Like, no. it's that, that fun thing of like, you're not responsible for your first thought, but you are responsible for your second thought. Like the first thought you have in any situation will be like a sum of your experiences and you know, societal norms and all of those things, like that first reaction you can't beat yourself up for. However, if your second thought is still negative or discriminatory or just not aligned with how you want to view the world, you have a responsibility to make sure that you overcome those things because we're all independent adults at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. No, I I totally agree. And we've said it so much before. And I think we mentioned it in the nuance episode, which probably links quite well with this, but you don't have the whole context of someone's situation. And if you are making a judgment, it is probably rooted in something that you need to work through. And we're not saying here that by working through your biases, like no one is perfect. You can't become perfect. Like you said, you're always going to have that initial thought. That's almost like a reflex that you can't stop that initial like snap judgment that you make but then you can change how you examine it and look at it afterwards and yes I know that one I've spoken about before that I really consciously work on is judging other women particularly in how they might dress or how they behave because Mm -hmm. I know that patriarchal society has pitted women against each other and to see other women as like competitive you must always compete with each other and you judge other women for how they look that's that's my judgment and I'm very aware of that now judging other women is my own problem and it's something that I'm very aware of and I'm working through and every time I catch myself thinking oh I wouldn't wear that out or like why have I thought that why why am I judging someone else's Mm -hmm. outfit decisions that literally have nothing to do with me like they don't affect my life in any way And I think that's the kind of thing that, okay, I had the thought and then I stopped it. And why do I think that? What can I change about that? What bias have I got that's making that kind of unconscious thought happen? Yeah, I think it's adopting the habit of examining your own thoughts a bit, isn't it? Because Mm -hmm. you're right, you like we've grown up in a society where it's like, oh, if a woman wears a short skirt, judge her. That means something. Whereas actually it doesn't mean anything. And when I started to like question those beliefs in myself, I was like, oh gosh, that's quite, um, there's some like really not very nice like reasons for my thought processes, but that's when you can challenge them. And it's definitely not a bad thing. It's 
I think understanding it helps you to then also understand the impact of your thoughts and your biases because it's very easy. I always think hiring is a really good example. It's very easy to be like, well, I would never not give someone a job because of the color of their skin. And you're like, okay, that might be true, but it's not as simple as that. It's not, there's so much more to it before that stage of saying, I've got two identical candidates and the only difference is their race. Like there's a lot more to it before that that your unconscious biases can impact so you don't even get to a position where that's a decision you have to make Mm -hmm. yeah I absolutely agree we had um at my old job we had an unconscious bias like training workshop um I was trying to find we all did an online test beforehand basically to see if we had unconscious bias towards a specific group of people um and I was trying to find a similar test. I couldn't find it, but I have found one. I'll leave it linked in the show notes, but it's from Harvard, their project implicit um, work. So it's an implicit association test. So if anyone is interested, we'll pop it in the show notes. But that's a really interesting way to exactly that. You think I would never not hire someone or in, not include someone based on, I don't know, whatever characteristics they might have. But doing what is a, a standalone test, like it's com- it's completely objective, having that understanding as uncomfortable as it might be, is kind of that first step to recognizing the biases so that then you can overcome them. Because yeah, like once you've got that awareness, you can more easily identify those internal conversations or those internal thoughts that are problematic. Totally. And I think it's always a really interesting one when you realize what some of the biases you have are because they're often completely at odds with how you consciously think day to day. And that's the thing that's so important is that you can, like, for example, I I know that both men and women can be brilliant drivers and can also be awful drivers. Yet if I'm in traffic and I see someone zoom past me, overtake, cut up the traffic, I'm like, well, that's obviously a man. I have no Mm. fact for that. But also if I see someone who's kind of like dithering a bit, maybe they're like quite unsure. They don't know where they're going. They're just parking really badly. I think, oh God, she's in a car. She can't drive. And that's before I even see the driver. So it isn't. And I have to really check myself and be like, oh, hold on that's really at odds with how I actually think but that first thought is still a very toxic and problematic one Mm. so it's identifying that and almost asking yourself what's your first thought because then you can start to think okay I might still have that first thought but if I'm aware of the thought I can then also mitigate for my behavior that comes out of it yeah I was really trying to think about because it is unco- like unconscious bias. You, you don't even realize you're doing it. Yeah. And I was trying to think of what are more examples to ones like if, if someone makes, like if someone tells an offensive joke and you laugh at it, that, yeah. that that's an unconscious bias. Like you've laughed because you think you should because it's a joke. However, if there's something offensive in there, that that's not, that's not funny. That's something you should be calling out. The same as if you judge someone who's, I don't know, eating a lot. Like, oh, that person probably shouldn't be eating that. Like, who, yeah. who are you to judge someone else's eating eating habits? Or another one that I'd looked up was, and I hadn't even thought of this, I guess obviously I don't have children, but how people treat male and female children differently because mm. of those like preconceived gender stereotypes. And I just think there's so many things like that that you don't even consider 
but you know, I think it's really important as well to try and practice empathy like how would you feel if someone said that about you or thought that about you or especially if you're at work if someone excluded you from a conversation how would you feel like it yeah. can happen a lot with I don't know women in a meeting w- women can potentially be sidelined because it's women in business and there isn't often an unconscious bias there how would you feel if someone else if you were in that situation and then is there something that you can call out or can you make a conscious effort to include someone bring someone into the conversation if you see that they are being excluded or I mean I'm talking in a very like specific work environment here but what can you do to like positively change that not just change your thoughts but how can you actually take positive action to reverse the bias that's going on yeah and I think it's one of those things isn't it that is so uncomfortable and makes it's so confronting because it's not only uncomfortable for you to realize but also for you to then reflect on all the other times that like you haven't caught your unconscious bias and what the impact of that has been Mm. but I think it's like what we always say like growth comes from that uncomfortable feeling and being within outside your comfort zone so and the same goes for this like you do have to push yourself out of your comfort zone of just thinking your everyday thoughts and like be a bit more reflective in order to make sure that you are like pushing yourself forward and actually your impact is the same as your intention yeah and the more you develop that self-awareness the easier it will then become to to recognize exactly like it's not it's it's like anything else it's a habit and it doesn't mean that you're always going to sit there and go oh my god that thought was really toxic and wrong sometimes it'll be as simple as just like checking yourself and I know last week you spoke about white hot um the Abercrombie documentary and I watched it this week and there were a few things in that that I found myself feeling quite um uh, like uncomfortable about or like judging people for within it and there are a couple of times where like I had to question myself like hold on hold on would you still feel this if the power dynamics were reversed? Would you still feel this way if? And just question it a bit. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. It doesn't mean that like I'm a bad person. It just means that actually you're trained to think in a th- certain way through no fault of your own. So you're going to have to train yourself to do the opposite. Yeah. And I think just having the even if that's a really difficult process, and I know that it is, it doesn't mean you shouldn't do it, but it is challenging. But the first step is even just stepping back, acknowledging that you don't know the whole context. You don't have all the information about a person and their specific situation and their habits or their behavior or Mm. what they've experienced and been through in their life before that's led to them to do or behave or whatever it is that you've judged them for. Um, you don't have that whole context. And I think that's the first stop to being more tolerant and then examining why do you think that? Because if you don't have, you you can't make an informed opinion about someone else based on how they look or one action, or especially if you've just met them or you only know them within the context of of work or past them in the street. Like how how can you make that, that judgment? Same for like if you've passed in the street and stuff, but also like if it's someone who is no longer part of your life. So maybe it's someone who you used to work with, someone you went to school with, someone who like you've just naturally like your lives have taken different directions. It's very easy to then almost cast your unconscious bias onto them because there's a part of your brain that goes, but I know them. I know actually Mm. 
that they behave in like a way that some might deem a bit quote unquote slutty. I know that actually their behavior isn't very nice. I know, but I think, yes, you might have known it at that time, but that doesn't mean someone is still like that. Yeah. And the thing with an unconscious bias is you don't know when you're hanging on to it. And when you're replicating that onto other people who might just share other traits with someone Mm -hmm. and I think there's a really important part with unconscious bias to kind of accept that whilst you will have changed in however long and you've started doing the work to overcome unconscious bias, other people probably have too. Mm -hmm. So you have to accept that. Otherwise you can fall into the trap of being a bit like holier than thou and like, well, I'm aware of my thoughts Um, But I don't think you are. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't kind of have those difficult conversations and respectfully call one another out. But I think sometimes we talk about overcoming biases and our own biases and think we're the only ones doing it because we don't see the work everyone else is doing. But this goes back to that ingrained bias of, well, if you can't see someone's output, then it doesn't exist. Yeah. And then also everyone's biases are so different. Somewhat... uh like a man and a woman they're going to have different biases people of different races are going to have different biases people whole people's whole life experience creates a different bias mm. and i think that's something that really interesting that you were saying there where you can kind of reflect your bias onto someone else i think there's a really important conversation here which is probably its own conversation but thinking about the media that you're consuming and how that can be feeding your bias like encouraging an unconscious bias that you have and like a really obvious example would be if you read the daily mail there is a lot of misogyny in that that if you already hold some sort of unconscious bias against women this is a sweeping generalization I'm sure not everyone that reads the daily mail is a misogynist but do you see what I mean that there's a discourse and a narrative in certain spaces in media and on the internet that really feed into those biases and a lot of things are biased it can be impossible to find something that's completely unbiased but again it goes back to having that self-awareness to question what is this media like what is it contributing to my own biases is it contributing or what angle does it have or what kind of judgment is it making that is not is not informed and is not aware and is is not aware of its own biases basically I think that's the key point isn't it being aware of your own biases because you I think there's a really important thing that you shouldn't just consume things that align with your beliefs and your lifestyle Uh because you end up in a real echo chamber and then you can't like when we spoke about nuance we said about how it's so important that you do understand the opposing views and the alternative views so that you can either challenge things within the views you hold or that you can kind of develop your argument better and think about it more thoroughly but I also think there's a balance between consuming the opposing view so you're educated and you're informed versus um, over consuming and giving airtime to more problematic um, like viewpoints or I'm thinking like certain tv personalities here Mm. um and that's where the awareness of overcoming your own biases is so important because you have to kind of watch something through the lens of 
I'm learning, but I'm not indulging that bias that I fundamentally don't agree with. Like it's a really hard balance to strike, but I think when you have that awareness and the willingness to overcome your biases, you can engage with that content in a way that is slightly more like, um, it's like you've taken a step back from it. I was going to say you're more removed from it. Yeah. You can kind of consume it from a more objective standpoint. And I feel the same about the algorithm. Like obviously the algorithm will serve you more of what you already look at. And I think if you're aware of that, diversifying what you look at will in turn diversify the algorithm so then you are open to more like a variety of opinions a variety of media it doesn't mean that you like you said indulge them and take them all on board but you can more objectively look at things without putting yourself into this kind of vacuum where every opinion around you is reinforcing your own I think what's also really important there to remember and it's quite an interesting point is you the biases you hold, you also hold against yourself and are also standards that you expect from yourself, which are often unrealistic and very difficult. And actually spending some time understanding the other viewpoint means not only is it easy to overcome your bias, but you can overcome your bias in a non-judgmental way. So not only are you saying, I don't think X person has that trait. You can also go, I don't think X person has that trait. And I don't think they're a bad person if they do. Mm -hmm. Because the biases you hold and the reason we have biases in society is like a, is to protect ourselves, right? It's to be able to group people and understand. And it's like a, um, like protective thing yeah, yeah instinctive that's what I'm looking for however that isn't as necessary in today's society but if you don't start to overcome your biases not only do you hold those biases against yourself and what you should and shouldn't be entitled to and how you should and shouldn't behave but you're also approaching other people with judgment without the facts mm-hmm. and I often think this is a really relevant one for things like the fast fashion debate and people being like, you should never shop H&M or ASOS or all of these places and their green lines and their conscious lines are greenwashing and they're awful and it's hypocritical. And then there's the counter argument that yes, those things are true. And yes, there will be a group of people who are fully aware that brands like misguided or pretty little thing and that entire group of the boohoo companies and the h&m group and stuff are really problematic and to ignore that and just go i don't care not my problem but there will also be a group of people who's who shop within that differently who shop and go okay i know that maybe h&m isn't the best retailer to shop with but that's what's within my budget and i will do so mindfully and when we have a bias of people who shop fast fashion are bad It's completely unfounded and so often not true. Like we would be saying everyone in society is evil and that just isn't the case. And so I think there's a really important part to look at your biases and go, okay, A, where have they come from? B, are they founded on something true? But C, how am I judging these people and like villainizing them in my own mind? Because it's never as simple as that. Mm -hmm. You have no idea of the context of why someone's made those decisions. And if like for a lot of people shopping at a certain places because that's within their budget what you don't know is they might wear that item of clothing for 10 years and it becomes one of their most sustainable pieces it might be 
I don't know, they they're wearing H and M, but actually they got it from a charity shop. Like yeah. that's the thing you you don't know all of these background bits of information. It goes exactly back to that action versus intention. You can't judge someone else's actions because you don't know what their intentions are. Yeah. How can you possibly know and make a fully informed judgment if you don't know what their intentions are for doing something? Yeah. And also, even if that person is like, I don't care, and they are a really bad person, and all of those other things that could potentially be true, you should still work to overcome your bias. Because that won't, you carrying around that bias is because you're basing it on the exception, not the rule. You can still make yourself a better person just because someone yeah. else won't change what their behavior is or what their thoughts are or whatever. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't change yours like it's not your problem to totally. police other people if other people yes. are going to be that way they're going to be that way but you have the power to change yourself yeah almost like don't let one bad apple ruin the whole pot like mm-hmm. yes okay your bias might have helped you identify one person who does like fit the worst case scenario but again that's not the whole picture this has been a really interesting conversation though, and one we should definitely pick up again another time. And we would love to hear your thoughts as well. So please do get in touch in the contact details in the show notes. Don't forget you can follow us on Instagram. You can drop us an email and also to hit subscribe on whichever platform we're listening on. In the meantime, stay safe and we will be back next week with another episode. Bye. Bye. anatomy of an ad subconsciously trigger emotions through music perfect define an opportunity imagine talking to millions of people across the u.s like i am now identify a problem creating an audio ad is time consuming offer a solution utilize cutting edge ai imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds well we did to create this ad to learn more about ai in the audio industry download the white paper from audiostack.ai